Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional-level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This episode of the IGN UK podcast is brought to you by Audible. With a new universe, a new set of superheroes, a new reason to believe. Stan Lee's Alliances, a trick of light. Only on Audible. Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. My name's Joe Scribbles. I'm joined by Matt Perslow. Hello. And Simon Cardi. Hello. How are you boys? Um, um, well, it's, it's been a very hot week, hasn't it? It's been causing me trouble sleeping. I've been waking up quite often. Had that thunderous storm last night as well. I, everyone keeps talking about this thunderous storm. Yeah. No so it, it hint started of it about, happening. In my area, it started about 1am and I stupidly wasn't going to bed until about then anyway. So it kind of... Preventing me from like you, sleeping instantly. You make it sound like you planned that. Uh, no. I wasn't planning on <laughs> sleeping till a, oh, about one a.m. I normally, uh, I normally try and sleep at midnight, but I always end up not going to bed till like one yeah. and a half. One, it's silly. You are one of the shittest sleepers I've ever met. <laughs> you come I'm, in every day and say I've um, had four hours. I, I know. Got to bed early, you I, fucking I, idiot. I, and I wake up too early as well. I give myself like an hour before I leave the house. Insane. I could get that all done in 20 minutes if I wanted, but uh-huh. I just like to ease into this my day. This is nonsense. And every time I'm like, Cardi, should we do something after work? Let's go and see a big old three-hour film. And you're just yeah. like, I'm too tired. One day. Too I've tired. Got things on. <laughs> you uh, don't. I don't. <laughs> you don't have Absolutely on. nothing on. All you've got on right now is to talk with me about yep. Comic-Con. Because yes. I was there and I haven't had a chance to talk to anyone about it. How was it? It, it was uh, very nice. San Diego's a lovely city. I've always heard it is, yeah. It's like a real, actual town mm. in, America. in America. I know, right? They don't do it. Because, like, it's still built on a grid, so it's mm. like fucking aliens made it. <laughs> but... It's like got a city centre and there's not people trying to attack me all the time like in LA. I don't feel under threat. Maybe it's I'm amazing. Wrong, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I've always heard they have very good tacos. Did you have any tacos? Oh. I ate almost exclusively Mexican food there while I was go. there. God, this sounds good. My guts will never be the same. <laughs> uh, just say, you know, it's not good for you. Yep. I was gonna go into much more gross detail about what's going on inside me, but I mean Fair play to the Mexicans, they're still around. I don't Sorry. know how. Because <laughs> it feels like that kind of food should have killed killed yeah. them off What are you now. saying? Anyone who was sitting next to the toilet on your plane back had problems. Oh, those people looked upset. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but to Comic-Con itself, I spent practically three days yes. in the rarefied Hall H. Yes. What happens in all the other halls? Uh, they're just smaller. Okay. I went to one other. I went to uh, room 6BCF Ooh. to watch the Brooklyn Nine-Nine panel just because I wanted to see Andy Samberg. Why wouldn't you? Uh, and it was just the same but smaller. Ah. Um, 
just to let you know, Andy Samberg's funny guy. Just thought oh, I you didn't might, know that. Just thought you might want to. <laughs> just thought you might want to know about that. Um, Terry Crews also really nice. He gave a jumpsuit to a woman, <laughs> and that's all you're hearing about that. Because I was in Hall H, where I saw all manner of things. I saw Picard. I saw The Witcher. I watched an mm. episode of Dark Crystal. You've seen a full episode. Yeah. Ooh. How was it? Uh, Are you allowed to say? Yeah. Okay. It's good. Okay. Um, hey. It's basically. It's what you it's what you specifically, Matt, want it to be, which is essentially still a Jim Hunt Henson's yeah. Muppet mm-hmm. thing, but with some animation aspects. So it feels a bit like the animation occasionally looks a bit ropey, but I feel like they're actually purposely doing it yeah, because I, it's meant to look like the puppets would act in a wide. Yeah, I think if you do something like that and it is too perfect, you'll just have accusations of, well, it's all CGI yeah. done so photorealistic, we think it's puppets. It's still got, it's got two things that I immediately took to be like proof of why it will be good. One, they all still run like Muppets. <laughs> so when they run, all they do is their shoulders just go up and down like that. Good. And it looks mad. Uh, and the other one is that whenever they look scared of something, because they don't have real eye control yeah. over those things, they look fucking horrified <laughs> by even the smallest problem. Um, I mean, you've seen a Skeksis, right? Exactly. Even, even if that's a small problem. If a Skeksis just comes in and drops a bottle of milk on your floor, you're going to be fucking terrified. <laughs> I mean, I'm terrified of any milk. Um, also, Mark Hamill was on that panel and... Oh, he's playing I've, the scientist, isn't he? He is. I've I've interviewed him before, and it reminded me of the fact that Mark Hamill is the most unfocused mind in Hollywood. <laughs> like, I don't think there's anything actively wrong with him. He it's just can't. Milk. He just can't control what he's saying. So, someone was like, "What did the dark, original Dark Crystal mean to you?" And he told like a twenty-minute anecdote about how he once met Jim Henson and he's typecast as the Joker. Like, it's so weird. It's like he gets asked one question, it goes through some fucking Rube Goldberg machine in his mind, it comes out as something completely different. Um, all the- of which is to say that it all led up to the Marvel panel, which mm. was one of the more astonishing events in my life. Um, I was deaf for a short period afterwards, uh, and... I don't think you've truly experienced fandom yeah. until 7,000 people have basically fallen what, over. What like is a the Beatles ratio concert. then of press to fans in that a room? Very small. So okay. so I didn't have a press pass for it. I had to get in. I actually know I'm not there. I snuck in, oh, <laughs> proving no. that the security at Comic-Con is lax. <laughs> I'm pleased it was you that went, because I'm too... I too you know, abide by the rules. You know? well, so You're saying Joe's rude. I literally had no. I am. I literally <laughs> had no choice because I had to be there, and mm. so I just had to go in the morning and be like, "Can I get in the side door?" And I just kind of walked past all the security, <laughs> and no one noticed. Did you um, have a good seat? Did you see everything? Yes, I got a very good seat actually. Oh. I was sat next to a man who clapped like Michael Gove, which annoyed oh. me so much. <laughs> he was, was there all day as well, and yeah, he clapped like. Like his hands just didn't work, and occasionally when he had one handful, he would clap his head. Oh, no. <laughs> like he really needed to let you know that he was clapping, so he'd smack his head. Uh, he actually cried several times during the Marvel wow. panel. He Feb, he was very enthusiastic. He had an annoying clap. He was a lovely man. He was British. Maybe he listens to this. I don't know what your name was, mate, but uh, you've got an annoying clap. But you're a great guy. Um, but basically, you've written down on this running order. Yeah, the list of films and TV shows announced or revealed properly for Phase Four. Yeah, do you want to just go through? Let's them? go through. Should we talk them through? Yeah, I'm sure long, we'll spend long time, a long time on others than more. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that was. <laughs> Bloody hell! Actually, one of the last things announced at the panel. Mm. Uh, the, the weird thing here is 
everyone knows the news, but I don't know how much of the panel clips have gone out because they don't There's live stream. There's little tiny bits we've seen, I think. So ask me what you want. I don't well, know, I can just talk about them, I don't care. I know everyone got a Black Widow cap. Exactly. May, t- May 1st, 2020, first of Phase 4, Black Widow's coming. Yeah. It, it is set. Have you seen the clip? I haven't no. seen right, the so clip. So they showed us a, uh, like a trailer. I've read a breakdown of the clip. Right. So basically, they, they announced it. Garjo comes out. David mm-hmm. Harbour comes out and gives a very funny answer to Jessica Chobot when she says, uh, "What was her? her question? Was mad? It was this something isn't like in the clip. Uh, no, this is <laughs> this was in yeah. this was in the panel. Okay. Um, yeah, Jessica Chobot says to David Harbour, like, are you excited to be part of the MCU and increase your profile? And wow. David Harbour just goes, what a fucking stupid question. <laughs> of course I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's playing the Red Guardian, uh, which nice. is um, Captain America's Soviet counterpart, yeah. essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, he says he has complicated feelings about Captain America, which I quite like. Um, it is a prequel, although it doesn't look like an origin story. No. Um, Black Widow is in her sure, What's the organisation called? The Red Room? Uh, the, re- the Red Room is... Some is is a part of the training, isn't it? So I think yeah. there's elements of that. Florence Pugh is her described as a sister figure to her. Okay, yeah. um, who plays Yelena, and there's a very heavy hint that Yelena is Taskmaster. That's what I read from. Why read? Yeah. So right. So I didn't. I don't know anything about this panel. Right. And that is, I, Florence Pugh is fucking brilliant. Yeah. And like she's already sort of developed a bit of the chops to kick ass because of fighting with my family obviously mm-hmm. where she's learned some wrestling mm-hmm. if if they fucking do the bit where she takes the mask off and it's taskmaster yeah. bloody hell so right the, the reason this is a going kind mm-hmm. of theory is basically in this trailer we see clips of her from her sort of future as black widow and her talking to Tony Stark about her past then it cuts back it says Budapest and everyone's like where Budapest hey, finally um Although no sign of Hawkeye yet, which is odd. So mm. I don't know if this is a return to Budapest or if this is mm. Budapest. Um, they might be leaving that as a secret. Uh, and she's like wandering about. She goes up to this apartment. And when she goes in, Florence Pugh's in there. We've we've been told that they're like buddies, mm-hmm. sisters. And then they have this fucking... You and her were buddies. Exactly. <laughs> inc- they have this incredibly like brutal fight where they are fucking... Again, wrestling, like, yeah. using those Black Widow moves, but on each other, just destroying a kitchen. Like, the <laughs> wow. entire place is fucking ruins by the end of it. Florence Pugh's, like, slashing at her with a knife and shit. It looks proper, like, a, it's not like a training exercise. Or, it looks no. like they're going for each other. It looks like... Okay. Um, it's like a it's like a Bourne film, this okay. moment. Like, wow. it's fucking intense. Um, and then we get a series of clips showing other people talking to her. And then at the end... Well, sorry, as part of this fight, there's a bit where they're just mirroring each other's moves because they yeah. they've both been trained the same. Yeah. Obviously, that's Taskmaster's deal. At the end, we see Taskmaster mirroring her moves. So there's this big hint that, that you're like... Seems, it makes sense, but it does seem quite heavy-handed for a trip. Like, aren't they going to... But I mean, they must be know the bait, that people right? clock... Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Are they baiting you into believing that is the but case? But then I also think maybe Taskmaster's identity isn't a big plot maybe point. It maybe that's the thing no. early on mm-hmm. like we find out Yelena's evil she joins whoever Red Guardian yeah. and then they have the fight yeah um, I basically it looks surprised I wasn't that interested I, I don't like Black Widow's past isn't a source of fascination no. to me it's not a superhero story to me uh, I'm way more excited after this trailer slash clip mm. like it's 
full on it's yeah, really it's that cool. idea of kind of like uh, you know i've never disguised the idea that like my one of my f- absolute favorite mcu films is the winter soldier and mm. part of my, the reason why i love it so much is yeah it's a superhero story but it's actually just a born movie yeah um, and that's what the comics were like as well and th- the more that marvel experiments with genre movies and the more that they make them not just superhero films the more i'm interested yeah and you know black widow isn't a superhero for all intents and purposes she's just a spy i yeah. mean i say just a spy as if that's mm. not something to be proud of <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah like uh, that makes me hopeful for kind of other really bizarre films that in the ter- way that the eternals is quite clearly not a superhero movie because it's dealing with basically celestial lords yeah well, well that's we why i'm excited about uh, whatchamacallit Falcon and Winter Soldier not mm-hmm. because they're by any reason two of my favourite characters but Maximo is back Oh yes and that- Daniel Brawl I love him yeah mm-hmm. Daniel Brawl's amazing yeah. and they did a really fun thing with that where they came up so that's fall 2020 TV series if you don't know so yep. this is the official announcement that not only is my MCU a part of the Marvel TV series but they are tied in directly yep. with the phases and it's definitely Falcon not Captain America yeah. they are still calling it Falcon and Winter Soldier although the logo Ant- right has got a little bit it's of the got shield Captain America and Anthony Mackie came on stage with the Captain America it's just going to be a thing that they just use it between them they just throw it around and oh, I, I would actually love that that would yeah. be really cool because yeah. yeah there's always been like uh, half the fandom split aren't they half of them wanted the Falcon to be Cap and half yeah. wanted Bucky it's like just both of them are effectively fulfilling yeah. that like role. Yeah. Um. So they. Spe- I'm just getting up my notes from the thing because I realise that's actually useful. Yeah. I'm interested in what if this is, what kind of show this is? Is it them just going out on missions? Because Shield don't exist. So are they just acting? Well. So it. Ju- all they said about that was, this is what's going on with the two of them after Endgame. So okay. it implies that they're like heading out post Endgame with a an idea in mind but it's not clear whether they're kind of contracted to do anything or what Mm. um the interesting part of this is like it was quite a dull showing like it was early on and they came on and were just like hello it's our dream to do this bye uh (laughs) but halfway through the um the winter soldier like phrases the key phrases started playing over the speakers and things started glitching out and then daniel brawl appears on screen Mm. as baron zemo yeah but talking in character to them as if they were the characters on stage which was kind of funny and weird like when the soldiers one of your favorite civil war is one of my absolute favorites it's mainly because his character is just basically a terrorist yeah and it's very grounded Uh as much as those films can be but yeah i'm i always like the idea that he was still alive at the end yeah and And especially because in civil war he doesn't get to wear the costume and obviously apparently the the bit where he turns up in the panel he was wearing the purple mask right uh, no he he wasn't they announced afterwards that he would wear the instagram post with with him wearing it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, so in this he was just daniel brawl and you're like that's funny Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's like it sounds like a cool thing i don't think it's necessarily the most exciting start to disney plus's mcu stuff but i might be proved at least it's something very familiar yes and Mm -hmm. i'm guessing that's how they're doing it because as we'll get on to later they're going wilder with the the other bits Mm. uh the first thing they did but is the third thing in the timeline so november 6th 2020 is the eternals which i know very little about and so it was quite odd seeing this be announced and all the and the reception because it's compared to the rest obviously it was massive yeah compared to the rest 
the announcements of the characters were fairly muted. Apart from anything else, everyone knew Angelina Jolie was going to be yeah. in it beforehand. That cast is absurd. But yeah, the, the, actually, the one that got the most response was Brian Tyree Henry from Atlanta. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think he hadn't been properly... He hadn't been rumoured in the same way as a mm. lot of the others. So when he got announced, everyone was just like, what the so, fuck? Yeah, I know very little about the Eternals. I don't know if they... Uh, is it going to be quite serious, or is it more of a Guardian so, sort of vibe? Uh, no, absolutely not, no. Okay. So I've only read one uh, piece of Eternals uh, stuff, which is Neil Gaiman's one, which oh, okay. is... And just by saying that, I imagine you can start to imagine yeah. what that is. It's very Shakespearean. He loves writing about gods, doesn't he? Yeah, stuff. yeah. And, like, it is... Of anything that I can think of in the Marvel Universe, it's closest to Sandman, which obviously is... Gaiman's DC, mm-hmm. sort of not quite DC, but ex- exploration of the stars and gods and, and all that kind of stuff. I don't actually remember a lot of it, and that's not because it was bad. It's just I have an awful lot of comics to try and cram yeah. into this <laughs> this head of mine. Um, but I do remember enjoying it and it being quite thoughtful, mm-hmm. and so that's why I'm interested in it. Obviously, it's exploring. We've dealt with cosmic universe before in lots of films. Now this is almost kind of above cosmic it's more existential more philosophical well yeah so the the only bit of plot detail they gave away was really a quote from richard madden was which was just the eternals are a race of immortal aliens sent here by the celestials to protect us from the deviants <laughs> you're like <laughs> okay <laughs> well, them from you by the sound of it exactly um if you, by the way if you don't know the cast it's richard madden kumail nanjiani lauren ridloff Brian Tyree Henry, Salma Hayek, Leah McHugh, who's like a new young actress mm. playing Sprite, uh, Don Lee as Gilgamesh, who's a Chinese actor, and Angelina Jolie as Thena. Such a mishmash of people. Like, it's crazy mm. how much I love Kamel Nanjani. But obviously, he's known for his comics chops. Mm. And like, if you, like, I've watched The Big Sick, in which obviously he has a bit more of a dramatic sort of presence yeah. in that. But it's like. I can't imagine a Marvel movie without a little bit of humour. So is that kind of what he'll bring to the table? Or is this going to be a dramatic role for him? Well, I'm guessing him and Brian Tyree Henry are kind of offering that. Because they don't really do Marvel team-ups where there aren't a broad range of, like, intentions for those people. I just recently watched Bodyguard, the series of Richard Bannon. And he is incredible. I've heard it's very good and he's brilliant. Now I'll watch anything he's in. (laughs) I'm just trying to find out. In Game of Thrones, he didn't really have a whole lot to do. No, and actually in the grand scheme of things, he's not in Game of Thrones. He's not important, really, when you think about it. But... I just, yeah, in Bodyguard, he's, and he has such an... I hope he used his Scottish accent because he has an amazing Scottish accent. Cool. <laughs> I wondered... Uh, I just went looking for who the characters are and I wondered if uh, Kumail Nanjiani was playing an obviously slightly funny mm-hmm. character. But he's playing Kingo and Kingo is just Master Swordsman. So <laughs> I don't really know what his deal is, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to that more just because I do know nothing about it. And yeah. It, just like when I first went into Guardians, didn't really know a whole lot mm-hmm. about them at all. I'm quite curious about it. Like, I do, but I agree with you. I think it's going to have quite a different tone. They're definitely yeah. pitching it as like, yeah. as a, a stately thing, mm-hmm. like the title treatment it's, and everything. I, I'm hoping it's because you know how kind of Zack Snyder's always tried to go in for the idea of like the mythology and the godhood of being superheroes, stuff like that. Just kind of hoping that this is that but right yeah. rather than fucking boring yeah. it should be interesting well, it's similar to Shang-Chi I know very much if not nothing about apart from that there's some links to the Mandarin that's mm-hmm. all I pretty mm. much know about that character well that's the interesting that's how they how they pitched it in the room so it was like Shang-Chi's coming and they purposely showed you the title of just Shang-Chi mm-hmm. and people were like because eh, they everyone knew it was coming again 
and then it faded on with the legend of the ten rings and people went fucking crazy because most of the people in that room connected that with the mandarin yep then they made the the actual like announcement that the mandarin is in it and is not ben kingsley anymore because i forget that americans don't like iron man 3 which is insane to <laughs> well me. see i've only ever seen iron man 3 and i think it's perfectly fine i can't remember if they ever actually definitively say he was or wasn't the actual Mandarin. they say he in wasn't it. and then yeah. they had a short that they released on a dvd yeah. of, maybe of that film i can't remember which or one maybe was. the one after yeah which was hail to the king right which yeah. is set in prison where it's very much distinctly said no because that's yeah. Slatterly, right, is yeah. the guy that's pretending yeah. to be the Mandarin. Twever. Yes. <laughs> I love Twever. Um, and yeah, so they made clear that mm-hmm. uh, the Mandarin is definitely a real person and he's play- being played by uh, Tony Lung. And Aquafina's in it as well, but oh. they haven't said what she's doing, so that's oh. weird. Um, then they, they did this great thing where this guy, Simu Lu, who's playing Shang-Chi and until now was just a Canadian... TV yeah, a lot actor. of people are excited about because I've never heard of him before. A lot of people are very happy with that. No one casting. that I knew, uh, that I met, knew who he was. Yeah. Um, but he came on and just gave like the most exuberant. Like yeah. he's clearly, I mean, you would be, but he's yeah. fucking delighted. He can't believe his luck. And they're like, <laughs> they, they're, I didn't quite catch this. I don't know whether he was saying like, this happened really quickly for me or this has just happened. But he said, I did a screen test on Sunday and I was cast on Tuesday. <laughs> and I don't know whether he meant it Last can't. week? It can't. <laughs> it can't I don't think he did, but they didn't make that clear. And a lot of people were like, wait, sorry, has he just been cast? And they've flown him to Comic-Con. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he said, he seems really nice. Like, they, they did a really... Did something just go mad with... Was that you? My bottle making something a squeaky cra- noise. Something crazy <laughs> happened then. Um, they did a really interesting thing where they showed how often the Ten Rings have made an appearance in the MCU, where they showed they were in uh, Iron Man one they were in Iron Man 3 and then they did this thing where they were like bet you didn't notice this and there's a clip from Ant-Man and on one of the guy's guns is a ten ring symbol mm. and you're just like so they have been like slipping in these little things which I really enjoyed but nice. that's kind of the least known to me I, yeah, yeah so- I know I have no idea is what his powers are at all no, or what I, he can do this is the only the, so I can remember when Guardians was first announced and I'd never read uh, Guardians mm. before that but I sort of roughly knew who they were actually largely from the 1970s stuff rather than the Dan Abnett stuff that is what we've got um, when Shang-Chi was announced I had no idea what it is and I have still yet to read <laughs> it's not even like I've not even read a, like a crossover book with him in it yeah. or at least to my knowledge maybe he's been in a background thing and his comics have further explained why he's been in things I have but yeah and to a degree I don't feel like I actually want to read anything yeah, now because this it would be really nice to go into a Marvel film where I don't have a preconception as to what I'm about to watch yes yeah I think that's oh, a really good call a year and a half to avoid all that February 2021 <laughs> also it, this ties into a thing a recurring theme probably the only recurring theme throughout the whole panel which was just they kept hitting on we want the MCU to be diverse yeah. and like they're not being embarrassed or playing to any like dickhead rhetoric they're not trying to hide this stuff they're literally saying this is what we want to do yeah. and Shang-Chi is a major part of that and mm. they, they keep talking about that which I think is really refreshing and nice for a company in this day and age to be like <laughs> no fuck off <laughs> we're gonna be nice uh, spring 2021 just afterwards WandaVision on Disney Plus um, the way they introduce this title treatment is with like crazy sort of 50s sitcom music mm-hmm. and then it comes up with WandaVision as a 
like it looks like the old television uh, yeah, sure. like CRT box mm-hmm. logos so they are playing to I don't know much about the WandaVision stuff but they are playing to the, the 50s aesthetic which I believe this is a major is part of it this is the one I think out of all of them appeals to me l- okay. probably least so I really like Vision and I've always thought I will watch anything with Bettany and even if it's terrible I think he's brilliant um, but there's I don't think I've spoken about it on the podcast before the, the Vision storyline which is about him just trying to settle down as a nice family man mm-hmm. and that 50s element might suggest that there's a bit of that being lifted for this but rather than him in those comics books he has made a family of visions to live with (laughs) (laughs) whereas this sounds like obviously this is him perhaps settling down with Wanda and you know and Mm. trying to make a family with Scarlet Witch and there is a big sort of history with them you know actually settling down having children and stuff like that so it feels like maybe they're combining those Imagine two elements just a sitcom with full laughter track i and genuinely think, i genuinely <laughs> think there's a chance of that being a part of it because they kept they genuinely i i think they said the word strange in this part more than they said it in the doctor strange <laughs> section like they are really trying to push Imagine. on this is weird this is strange this is odd they is kept this, saying it so something it? is is up yeah. with this. Is this going to be like their Twin Peaks? You know how Twin Peaks is like a soap opera, but it's just heightened with all this bullshit that's going on behind the scenes? I, I can't remember where I read... I, so I, I thought this was based in comics. Um, I need to have a look. Because there's something... Isn't there something like where it's there in the past or like they've been thrown into the past somehow? Yeah, I don't know the timescale of this when it takes place. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of nonsense with when they have... Um, children there's an awful lot of dimension shifting and stuff like that because there's elements of you know the children not being real and elements like that mm. um so but i don't think i've ever not to my knowledge is that a wonder vision storyline mm. but i have not read everything that is in yeah. the marvel canon so mm. there is an awful lot yeah. i don't know about I'm marvel. Going to go. it's just in the films i never their relationship never rang true to me. I always thought it, it was quite lot, forced. It's very minimal screen time. Yeah. And also, I think the reason why it's in the films is because it is such a big part of decades of comics yeah. Yeah. that it sort of has to be in. But yeah, what you're seeing is... It's one of those where... You know when you watch... I've, the Harry Potter series was did this a lot. Was There was stuff that were happening in Harry Potter films that made perfect sense to everybody who had read the books. Yes. But I can remember talking to my dad and he'd be like, well, why the hell were they doing that? And you're like, well, because this, this and this. Well, that didn't happen in the film. And you're like, oh, I, I've yeah. just stitched all that together because I know the books. Yeah, I can see that happening. And so th- some interesting stuff about this from the panel was that like they they made very clear that this is where sort of... Wanda Maximoff becomes Scarlet Witch. Right. So the the all-powerful House of M mm-hmm. character that the comics know, this is somehow how she gets on that journey. Um, also, they've said other MCU characters will be in the series, which might tie into Doctor Strange, but also they specifically announced that uh, Monica Rambeau from who's Lieutenant Trouble, the little girl in Captain mm-hmm. Marvel, will yep. appear as an adult in this show. So it does take place after Endgame. Okay. Right, so it's kind of it's really odd how they're being how they're pitching this, but not saying what it actually is, because yeah. obviously there's the hanging question of how is Vision in this? Yes, so can they just upload him somewhere, put him in a new? Well, I want. It's Wait, so he, weird. Like he became a person. He's not. He's not just a digital construct. <laughs> it, is, it is an odd one. I'm. I'm interested in this, but so after that. You have Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which is the best title of all yep. of them. Uh, that's in May 
on May 7th, 2021, um, day after my birthday. Yep. Um, Scarlet Witch, as she is at the end of WandaVision, will be in this movie. Okay. So you have to... So Making very clear, if you want the MCU now, yeah. you have to have Disney Plus as well. Yep. I'm fine with it. I was going to get it either way. <laughs> um, they must have to think so far ahead because not often these days the TV series just have one run and done. Like they're multiple seasons, so yeah. they're having to intertwine so many different things. Yeah, it's but crazy. the other thing is, is like, should we think of these as seasons of their own, or is this a season of the MCU yeah. and just? I'd- I think it kind of is, but obviously they're going to have their own tones. And yeah. but there are the two later ones we'll get onto because they sound very different. But mm. WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier sound very much to me like these are designed to advance your idea of the MCU as it is. But also because they've specifically said no Avengers movie in Phase Four, mm-hmm. that's going to happen later with a different lineup. It feels to me like what they're doing is just like atomizing all these characters again and going like. All of this is happening at the same time and we'll reconvene later once we have a new sense mm. of who all these people are. I'm just up for this Dot Strange one because they said it's a full-on horror. Yeah, although Kevin Feige on stage was like, PG-13, PG-13, <laughs> like he made very clear there's no, yeah. there is no R-rated stuff in here as far as we know. Um, the whole of Hall H sang Happy Birthday to Benedict Cumberbatch, Aww. which was weird. <laughs> uh, and they made very clear that it's not licensed anymore, so they were allowed, <laughs> which was fun. Um and they're also trying they made a point of him he became sort of a semi-leader in Avengers mm-hmm. and this one they're trying to go back to like the psychedelic destroying of him in some way yeah. you know the fun bits of Doctor Strange I know some people don't like it as much as others the fun bits were always when it was just him completely baffled by all this madness that was yeah. happening to him so he's only really had one film to do that he's been in Avengers ones ever since just yeah. being the smartest he's guy basically yeah. Um, so yeah they're trying to go back to something mental is happening to him um they've also said i think the the words were something like oh where is it he said it he said basically something like this is full-on uh jack kirby like that's what we're that's what we're in my head this is just two hours of the like illusion sequences in uh spider-man far from home yeah i want more tentacles involved though (laughs) yeah i want yeah i want the tentacles from stranger things in mysterious visions um then well, this might be before or after, it's not clear. Spring 2021 is the Loki series, which is Loki as he was when he steals the Tesseract right. yep. in Endgame. Spoilers for Endgame. Um, <laughs> and disappears. So they make very clear again, he has not gone through any of the emotional development that we saw yep. in Ragnarok. He's gone back to... He is he's, the, he's he's the God of Mischief. He's evil, yeah. shitty Loki with the big horns. Yeah. Um, I'm well up for this, because I think I've said it before. I In my mind, it is just naughty quantum leap. Yeah, I just love going around playing it. I, and I think it feels like that could be it. Like, So they said, um, this series will tell you what happened to Loki right after that scene. Uh, and the idea is that he disappears and we see him as he reappears. Mm-hmm. So I think the first scene will be where has he chosen to go? What's he going to do? Yeah. I'm really confused as to where he's going to go sure. because he'd also surely be... I mean, it raises so many questions, but like oh, he'd surely that. know about, in that universe, the threat of Thanos. Yeah. So is he still hmm. in hock to Thanos? Is he still trying to achieve those goals? Like, I, d- I can't see this as him being evil the whole way through. No. I think he's He's gone. an anti-hero, right? Yeah, because it feels like if they are going to inter- introduce proper multiverse shit maybe this Loki makes his way back mm-hmm. and he could be in the next Avengers or he could be yeah. like P- 
people love him too much. Like Tom Hiddleston when he came on stage, everyone went fucking insane. Mm. I can remember him. coming out of Infinity War and there were a group of seven girls in the foyer in te- like <laughs> full on in tears <laughs> shrieking about the fact that Loki that had died. That happens in the first five minutes. Yeah, they I know. Must have, that two They've and a half hours, two and a half hours. Been <laughs> bottling that up. Nothing mattered after that. <laughs> yeah. It's so, yeah. It's, people just love this guy and love this yeah. character so it feels to me like this is going to be some sort of new redemption arc that also allows him to be alive mm-hmm. um, but maybe not maybe he dies mm-hmm. at the end of this that Who would knows? be jokes uh, I mean what if that happened Ooh. and what if is another series coming it's the MCU's first animated series which is summer 2021 um, do we know what style of animation we don't okay I'm guessing it, it could easily be that it's a different animation style mm. every episode because their idea is this is an MCU MCU set, basically Twilight Zone. <laughs> um, so Jeffrey Wright from Westworld and other things plays the Watcher, who has installed himself on the moon and is apparently telling you stories about what happened across the multiverse sure. in yeah. other situations. So you were talking earlier about what if being a series where they take major events from the comics and then do a what if on them. So it's not like Elseworlds. It's like hypotheticals, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that appears to be what they're going for here. They show they showed like this giant lineup of all the actors reprising their roles, yep. so much so that I literally couldn't focus my camera on the names. <laughs> so I just got like little images. But it is like it gets down to like Taika Waititi as Korg, yeah. like so, so. In the comics, are these more light-hearted? I mean, titles, no, well, or it, it doesn't necessarily have to be light-hearted. Yeah. It's just it is. Here is a point in the comics that you've all read, and quite often it can be a fairly recent event, and quite there are several of them that look at really classic Marvel stories. Yeah. And just like, what if they fucked it all up? Or what if they were different heroes yeah. that were trying to do that? So it could be like, what if, I don't know, a radioactive spy bit someone else, and then yeah, it's just yeah. a kid who doesn't know what he's doing for it. Yeah. yeah like, locking up for an hour. Yeah, they, that could easily happen. And the, yeah. so... Could be, the, they could do Miles Morales quite easily. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that... I mean, please anybody at home correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Spider-Gwen possibly originated from a what-if, where I it was like, th- what if Gwen hadn't died? She might have been... Uh, it might have been a what-if after Spider-Verse. Yeah. Because I think mm-hmm. Spider-Verse introduced a lot of those ones. Yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, th- this was interesting just because they also made clear, but not how, that this is an MCU universe thing so it fits within the phase fits within the canon so it appears to be that the watcher is just in the mcu he exists and then he's telling you these stories Mm -hmm, about what happened in other places which implies maybe the watcher and jeffrey wright is live action oh Mm. because obviously they've had the watchers in it as a post-credit scene, yeah, right? With Stan Lee, right? Mm-hmm. But I would like that as a like a just a texture difference between the bookends of the show. Exactly. And, mm-hmm. Like maybe I'm wrong, but that would imply to me if if it's set in the MCU, mm-hmm. I like the idea that the MCU its animation style is real, yeah. yeah, and the animation styles of other realities are different, and that also means that Jeffrey Wright could turn up in more things, which is great because his voice is wicked. I'd, I'd like one that's just what if the Avengers just left Thanos alone it's just an hour long Thanos like cookery and gardening show on his little planet <laughs> just, just tending to his nice, farm yeah just recipes it's just him like, Bob Ross in it yeah just like <laughs> him making a good loaf of bread yep just playing around some mm. hibiscus that maybe. would be quite nice that's a good little feedback question what's if you what's your pitch for a what if I like that yeah IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com we're nearly at the end don't worry Wee. fall 2021 
Hawkeye. Yes. And the interesting thing about Hawkeye is that the, I know you don't care, but yeah. and I didn't care until they show the title treatment, which is the logo from the Matt Fraction run, which is, to my mind, my favourite comic series. And it is a true banger of a storyline. So when's this one set? This, I didn't read much about the Hawkeye one. This, I don't think they've given a... Well, no, it's post-Endgame. Okay. Um, but they also, they've said they'll explore more of his time as Ronin. So the stuff off-screen See, that's in Endgame. It takes place in Japan. I think, cool. And I think that definitely will happen. I think, so it is focused on him teaching a new Hawkeye, yep. who is Kate Bishop in the comics. I can't remember if they said specifically this is Kate Bishop, but she fulfills the Kate Bishop mm-hmm. role. I'm pretty sure Certainly it is Kate the, Bishop. Certainly I've seen some photographs that people took from Hall H and the thing that they put up on screen is artwork of Kate Bishop, right? Well, yes, so mm-hmm. there is yeah, there is artwork of the character we would recognise yeah. as that. I just can't remember where she, whether they specifically said she was named mm-hmm. that. They I haven't w- cast I was, her, have they yet? Or they, they haven't, haven't announced, announced casting, cast. no. Yeah, okay. Um, also, like they did a weird thing. Everyone else just came on stage. Mm. Jeremy Renner came from the back of Hall H and like did like a fun like walk <laughs> through the crowd. I have no idea why. It was really weird. Um, and but yeah, the 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 series is about him shepherding a new Hawkeye that is meant to be a better Hawkeye than him, okay. um, which I'm kind of into. I hope if they're using she, the title treatment, yeah. I hope it's also a comedy like it. Yeah, I, I want the... See, the thing, I was talking to Jesse the other day because Jesse had no idea that the, the Matt Fraction Adger run existed yeah. uh, and obviously has that sort of thing. Like, Hawkeye is a bit the butt of the joke of the Avengers team and he was like, who wants a Hawkeye show? And I was like, I explained to him the storyline and Jesse doesn't care that the storyline has been spoilt for him. But <laughs> anyway, I'm not going to spoil it on our podcast because I'd like you to go and read it because the basic premise of it is Hawkeye eating shit tons of pizza getting slightly out of shape living in the grottiest flat imaginable and just being depressed that yeah. he is Hawkeye essentially yeah yeah he's sort of he's moved on from the Avengers by yeah. this point hasn't he um, I don't quite know how they bring that into it because obviously Hawkeye has a family in the MCU mm. and they're important to him but I sort of like the idea of kind of what happened with Black Widow maybe sort of putting him into a state of depression or something yes. like that yeah. and that's how you get the I'm eating pizza I don't give a shit sort of side It'll just be in a farmhouse instead of a shitty New York tower block. And I just hope that there's there needs to be something of. I like the idea of you know how that comic has underlying Russian gangsters of the yeah, and they're not really a problem in the way that they're not supervillains. They're just like a fly that's always there, that's always getting him down. Have you seen Barry? Yes, I'm essentially imagining No Hank from Barry as the as the (laughs) Russian gangsters in Hawkeye. I'd be super into it. Mm. Um, Then best title treatment of all of them: Thor, Love and Thunder. Yes, Thor, Thor. Thor 4, um, which they did this amazing, like, incredibly cool animation to get to the thing. So, and it was playing like, amazingly, it was playing like heavy metal. Mm-hmm. And I did not put two and two together. <laughs> and I knew it had just been announced, but I kind of got it into my head that they just talked about it, so they weren't going to announce it. And then it pops up with this fucking incredible title treatment. Taika Waititi's on stage. Everyone's going insane. Corgan Meek are heavily rumoured to still be in it, so that's good. He talked about the ongoing relationship between Thor and Korg, mm. which I like. Um, and I think, crucially, they said this takes place before Guardians 3. Yes. yes. Yeah, so this seems to be... Yeah, he's kind of left that yeah. spaceship to go and do something, but Tessa Thompson's still in it, and they made clear that she's still king of Asgard, or yep. new Asgard. Um, she said this amazing thing, which I don't think is actually... Because they haven't seen the script. Mm. They made clear that Taika Waititi is the only person who's seen the script, and presumably Marvel. Um, 
but someone said like what would she do as king of new asgard and she said well as king she'd need to find her queen this whole thing about her being lgbtq which is again part of the diversity thing but i don't think that's actually necessarily in the story i think she's just said that as like this is a a cool again a there's certainly a lot of headlines going out that that she is it's so it's not that's not i think the lgbtq thing is true they've confirmed Mm -hmm. that I'm just not sure whether this movie is about her finding a wife or a right. girlfriend, mm-hmm. or at least includes that. Like, that wasn't clear to me at all. I just thought that was interesting. And then they did this amazing thing where they said, like, well, obviously, Planet Hulk was a... Um, it was Planet Hulk, wasn't it? That's yeah. the name of that comic run. Um, was a big part of Ragnarok. So what have you drawn for from here? For, from here, for Thor, for. <laughs> um, and Taika Waititi goes, well, when we were making that, I was reading The Mighty Thor, and there was like a sort of rumble of people uh-huh. who sort of started to understand that. I must admit, I didn't know the title. And then he was like, and a big part of that is female Thor. Everyone starts going nuts. And then he's like, and obviously there's only one person who can play that. And everyone start- Everyone's kind of thinking at that point, maybe Tessa Thompson. Everyone in the yeah. room assumed Tessa Thompson. Oh, no, not, <laughs> not old Matty P here. Exactly. <laughs> and then he goes, it's Jane Foster. And everyone's like, people around me were just screaming, what? <laughs> just like, what? <laughs> and fucking Natalie Portman walks on stage. And you're like, just what an insane way to do that. Like, just a throwaway question becomes the centerpiece mm-hmm. of the whole panel. Mm. And the room went fucking mental. I'm so pleased. So so that was the first bit of news that I saw, because obviously that's happening very late at night for us in the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I opened Twitter the next morning, and I got the image of Natalie Portman holding Milner. Yeah. And I could have just leapt out of bed. <laughs> like... That is, I think. I think we've said at some point on the podcast before, as a you know, what do we want to see? And you know, Mighty Thor has been one of those things that I really do want. And like, I want, I wanted Natalie Portman back. And mm. I know that I, I can't say that she's even super great in the other Thor films, but I think she's brilliant in other films. Yeah. in other films. Mm. And I want to see her hit something with a well, giant fucking hammer. That's it. She's getting more to do in this one yeah. than just be. A damsel, yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is nice, mm-hmm. like, and it, I, they obviously weren't building to this before, but it serves a really nice arc. Now it kind of legitimizes those other portrayals. Yeah. Now that yeah. it leads to something, and I'm glad they managed to coax her back. I mean, if anyone's going to do it, Taika, yeah, yeah the yeah, ledge, exactly. Um, and that's November fifth. That so is long all, to wait for that one. I know it's insane. Oh. November fifth, twenty twenty one. I should say. <laughs> yeah. um, but he ended by going. Kevin Feige did by saying we haven't even had time to talk about Guardians Captain Marvel 2 um, Black, what's Panther the other? Black Panther 2 then he said all the Fantastic Four the room goes insane yeah. he goes we haven't even had time to talk about Mutants the room goes insane <laughs> again <laughs> so that's five more films at least well maybe series we don't know about Fantastic Four and mm. Mutants mm-hmm. um, actually an X-Men series would be very cool Um <laughs> And so people go nuts. They're like, wow, what a stinger for the end of that. And then everyone knows that Mahershala Ali came on stage uh, and announced Blade. And I went deaf. (laughs) (laughs) It was insane. People love that vampire man. Just amazing that they managed to do the whole um, actually having a surprise. Mm -hmm. Because everything else was like, we'd heard about it, but there was a little twist. There genuinely isn't a thing in there where I wasn't like, oh, that's a cool new detail. Yeah. Yeah. 
Blade being completely brand new yeah. information was just... Oh, it's definitely not expecting absurd. a new Blade no. anytime soon. And like, um, what a casting choice as well. Uh, yeah. Like, Mahershala Ali is fucking amazing. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm delighted, personally, unlike much of the internet, that it also means that the MCU Netflix... Or the Netflix shows are not MCU canon and can be shot off into the bin because they were rubbish. <laughs> um, the only two things that need to come out of that is that... A, Mahershala Ali gets to play someone again. Good, that's happened. Yep. That means Vincent D'Onofrio can come back and play someone. Maybe just Kingpin <laughs> again. That I was going to say, like, I, I think Kingpin, Daredevil, and Jessica Jones, I would like to see saved. I wouldn't mind... Yeah, I wouldn't mind Charlie Cox, but I wouldn't be devastated if he didn't turn mm-hmm. up. Kristen Ritter, I can take or leave. I oh, think so. she's a very good... She's, I wouldn't mind her being in the MCU. I just don't really care. Mm-hmm. Jessica Jones didn't do much for me. Um, but basically... A lot what, of good stuff. What a, a good, good panel. We could, of, have, we could have skipped half an hour of chat for that. And, you know, it's been a few years in Marvel where we've kind of known all the characters. We've known yes. what's coming to an extent. There's so many new things that yeah. I don't know anything about. And, and I intend to keep that way. Well, and also I think the interesting thing here is the timeline. So this is all... This happens between May 1st, 2020 and November 5th, 2021. Yeah. That is short for 10 things yeah. to come out mm. and I know we're, we're going to get to the point where we probably have Star Wars fatigue for Marvel yeah. but well, for now got, I'm excited we've got a new Star Wars in a few months yeah <laughs> but it also means that phases are short again this isn't a five like phase three was like five years long yeah, yeah. this isn't a five year phase that doesn't mean I think a lot of people are being like oh, a bit glum about having to wait for the stuff they want from this phase to come back but it kind of like it's well, what two does a years? phase really mean? I, it's well, just exactly. a group of films. But that's it. <laughs> and so I, I asked someone uh, in our LA office. I was like, "When did the phase thing start?" Because yeah. I don't remember it being a thing. And they were like, "It was literally a way to market Blu-rays. Like yeah. phase one was mm-hmm. a Blu-ray box set, and that was it. They weren't making films in phases until phase three. Mm. Um, and so they're kind of you don't need to go with like phase three as your blueprint no. for what the MCU does. Uh, I am well excited if yeah. we survive that long we'll see a lot of lovely things <laughs> hopefully i'm interested to see if that's everything they've got because there's not the cap off movie and obviously the way that the phases have worked is because they've had an avengers and i don't want an avengers importantly yeah. this this no. time around but i do wonder if there's one more thing to come i, I think so if guardians 3 maybe ends i don't know that could bring people you could have a lot of people in that or yeah. spider-man like yeah. if spider-man because the they so they've specifically said Marvel is not allowed by the terms of their agreement to announce the Spider-Man films, yeah. so it could easily be that there's a Phase Three, a Phase Four Spider-Man yep. in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the other panel I saw, yes, was The Witcher. Which, uh, thankfully, that trailer was not bad at all. No, uh, so the 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 thing I saw beyond that was they showed three clips of the show, uh, which were a Geralt clip, a Siri clip, and a Yennefer clip. So they are making very clear right off the top. This is a uh, this is a series about all three of them. It's not just Geralt. Mm-hmm. So they again said this is based on the books, but the books are everything is about Geralt and Geralt's view of the world mm. and his him moving through it. And while he's still a very big part of this, this is as much a Yennefer and Ciri story as it is a him story. Yep. So it feels to me like series one is going to be a lot of how all three of these people got to where they get because Siri in particular is shown as a child well because this is set a lot long time before the game that's it right? people yeah. think of now think of Witcher 3 Wild Hunt I do as well um, I'm not being like high mighty I haven't read the books um, but 
Siri is a child that eventually meets Geralt. So yeah. that's what we have in this in this show. So we're getting Yennefer origin story. So she starts as like a deformed young woman mm-hmm. who through sorcery becomes the woman we see. I don't think we're seeing a Geralt origin story. So I don't think we're seeing Trials no, of Grasses like and all Pete, that stuff. There's already like myths about him. But we are seeing stuff that in the books takes place well before mm. any of this stuff. So there's a scene that is in the clip we saw is from the book The Last Wish, which is six short stories in the Witching yeah, Universe yeah. that are flashbacks throughout Geralt's life. And the scene we saw is a fight scene in a court, like a royal court, with like this crazy hedgehog monster man. Um, and that is set in the royal court of a queen who is Ciri's grandmother. Right. So I think we're getting like flashbacks to well before yeah. any so of this stuff from the happening. trailer we didn't really get any glimpses really of monsters that much we got the no. one at the end mm-hmm. I want to know how because at the heart Geralt is a monster hunter yes like I want it to still be about that and not a drama about people as much as That's Game it. of Thrones is mm-hmm. my worry is someone put it I, th- I think it was a friend of mine put it quite well where he was like what I want is X-Files, but The Witcher. Like That's every- exactly what I've been thinking about. It. So like yeah. Monster of the Week, basically. But there's yeah. that horrible bureau element that runs behind the X-Files, which yeah. would be the kingdoms at war, effectively. Yeah. I don't think that's going to be what this is. is this From what be I can tell, this Game is a, a character-focused fo- piece on these three people. I don't think it's as wide-ranging as Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. I think it's just about these three people in this world. Um, They're really doubling down as well on saying, this is R-rated. We are going full-on, like... 18 on yeah. films like we don't know Game of Thrones people I'm sure a lot of people like it because there's a lot of blood and tits mm-hmm. but that's not why people watch it but they also they keep saying that nothing they showed demonstrated that and I know it's whole age yeah. so that maybe it's a keeping it PG-13 mm. type thing but nothing demonstrated that creepiness except actually the Yennefer clip was her doing an extended monologue at a dead baby on a beach um, <laughs> but, which was grim but not necessarily just Death Stranding yeah. yeah, it's um, just Death Stranding oh I mean, yeah um, but yeah it was sort of odd they they do keep making that point but they're not they, they haven't demonstrated that no. to me yet so I, I hope it's not like oh look I'm slashing a limb off and my dick's out <laughs> which it could easily be um so, do, you think Henry yeah. Cavill, do you think Henry Cavill's getting out? I would love to find out. <laughs> I'd love to know what he's packing <laughs> down there. Uh, for that's his silver sword. Where's his second sword? sword? <laughs> I'll show you. Um, that's really putting Lost me off. Lost track, yeah. <laughs> Lost uh, track there. But basically, I think it looks good. Uh, Henry so Cavill is effortlessly fucking charming. Yeah. And he also really gets his appeal <laughs> and he was crucially he has played the witcher for, he multiple loves times those games. oh yeah yeah so he did a yeah. really good joke about um they introduced roach as an idea because mm. obviously a lot of that crowd won't know the significance of the horse um they made a big point about how roach is sort of his therapist <laughs> like he, the one scene is him doing a soliloquy at his horse right um and uh he made a really good crack about like some of you will know the significance of Roach. Some of you will know him as a flying horse. <laughs> like just a really nice little game joke, <laughs> yeah. which was good. We don't yeah. know when it's coming. Up. We know it's this it's, year. It's yeah. December, I think. Oh, have they given them month? I think so. I might be wrong. I, 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 I might got it in my head that it's December. Maybe I've got. I think mad. it's definitely the latter portion of yeah. the year, and it's this year. But yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, 
that's very nice. I mm. thought that was interesting. It's good stuff. Uh, do you want to know something I was playing while at Comic-Con? I know. Given that I, the theme is me. I know what it is, yeah. It's Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Oh, you can't get away from it. I absolutely can't. And some should say, some would say that I should. Um, <laughs> Marvel Ultimate Alliance is a beat-em-up game made in portion by Koei Tecmo, who mm-hmm. make also published the Dynasty Warriors oh, games. Oh, and let me tell you, <laughs> it really appeals to me <laughs> because it's a bit like the Dynasty Warriors games. Did you games. play either of the first two? No, I, I played quite really a bit of the second were. one, and I remember enjoying them. I don't remember finishing it. So I've done both just, of them. Yeah, I remember just it was fun being able to play as those yeah. characters because there weren't many games at that time. There's still not actually that many considering how big a property is mm. with those characters in. Mm-hmm. It is fairly astonishing how quickly that roster expands, and so they made made a point of saying because I went to the panel for this as well, even though it was sort of useless because it was out. The reviews were out yeah. that day. Um, this has, has a bigger roster than the last two games. I think maybe combined. Um, wow. There's like a lot in there and I'm not that far through and I've got about... I mean, been in there quite a lot in the last one. I think I've got maybe like approaching 30 characters and I'm just a few hours well, so in. You can only have, what, four in a party? You can only have four in the party. What, one thing that does bug me about the game is I didn't realise how quickly the uh, difficulty ramps up. Mm. And so... What I like doing is trying everyone out and have like a little play around. There's a point at which you reach bosses where you're just like, oh, fuck, I'm meant to have play- been playing meant with the same four these. people this yeah. whole time. Oh, so do they level up then? And have- Yes, they yeah. level up. There's like a lot of statsy stuff. You can upgrade them and augment them and do all sorts of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard when you've been playing <laughs> the way I have. So word to the wise, choose your team properly because I'm fucking struggling when I get to Magneto. Um <laughs> What I really like about it is it's written with like a proper nod and wink, like this idea of it's very aware that it's within a context, and particularly this one is in a context where everyone knows yeah. who these characters are. So they've taken some of the movie designs, whereas the first two games were firmly grounded in the comics. Yeah, and they're really messing, like they're voiced characters, so like Rocket Raccoon is someone doing an impression of Bradley Cooper. Mm. Um, there are some of the impressions in there are crazy. Like the, I heard Magne- the McKellen one is almost completely the, uncanny. The McKellen one is insane. That was the next one I was about to say. <laughs> there's just a, there's some really good voice work in yeah. there, and it is occasionally genuinely funny. Deadpool still annoys me because um, I like Deadpool, and I don't feel like anyone in games or film has ever got him completely right. Like mm-hmm. as much as I like Ryan Reynolds playing him, it's like a weird version of him. Um and in this he's just fucking Nolan yeah. North being insufferable. And it's only on the Switch, which is good. I wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't expect it from that game. It, weirdly, for a game made solely for the Switch, occasionally doesn't run that well. <laughs> um it feels like they could have done a bit more optimization to be. Um but making your own uh party is really exciting because of like I don't know how much of this was in the previous games. So were there presumably there were like synergy moves yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, my favourite has always been if you had Colossus and you had Wolverine together, they do the fastball special where they chuck uh, Wolverine. I only tried Captain America and Iron Man for the first time the other day. Lasers into the shield. Lasers into the, the shield yeah. is fucking incredible. Like it just <laughs> feels so good every yeah. time you do it. Hmm. Um and yeah, that's the stuff that's really getting me is where you find a team and you're like oh shit these guys work really well together I've been running with like recently just going Spider-Man Miles Morales Gw- uh, Spider-Gwen and Venom as oh, a team nice and like, that team. doesn't seem very varied to me Joe. that may be where you're tripping up a bit like. but quite often you, you like... don't know the game alright <laughs> Venom's a bruiser and the others are cool <laughs> 
The other games used to be like if you picked people that were from the teams that they were supposed to be like if you had the Fantastic Four they all sort of synergized together and I think in the second one there was like the first one had got synergy moves between two people. I'm fairly sure the second one had between four people and you do a mega synergy. Well, this one has like ultimates. Right. And so with any group of any four, you can set off as many ultimates as you mm-hmm. like. So if you've got, if you're playing by yourself, you just click ultimate four times sure. and everyone joins in. That's this Yay. insane, like it breaks your switch. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to give it a go? I'll have to get around to it. It's a lot of money it's though. 60 pounds. I think that's too much. And Fire Emblem's out very Fire, soon. And Fire Emblem's only ever going to be 60 pounds. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you said earlier, I think this being a non-Nintendo game, it will go down in price yeah. eventually. I think I'd wait. But it's it's cool. Good stuff. Good and now it's something that's not me playing it, which I'm pissed off about, to be honest. <laughs> oh, okay. Wolfenstein. I've played like the first hour or two of it. I've not played a lot. Uh, it's Youngblood. out today, Friday, the whatever the day. Is that 26th? It's well, I made the that 26th. Oi. Um, yeah, it's if you know Wolfenstein, it is more of the same. It's not a full new game necessarily. I think it's thirty pounds, yeah, which yep. is half the price of Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Wow, <laughs> there you go. Quick maths. Um, it. I've been playing it solo. So me and Dale have been playing it solo. We're yet to try it out co-op, and I have a feeling it's definitely been built for co-op. And I gather that, yeah. yeah. And it will be a lot more fun and a lot easier in co-op because you find it hard. I'm finding it hard, yeah. Is it, an, is it like RPG style now? Are numbers there are numbers flying out people? They're not numbers flying off, but everyone does have a considerable health bar and armor as well. Right. So you're not... A headshot won't just pop a Nazi anymore. A few shots, it'll take even a grunt. Will it pop a normal Nazi? You still might need two shots. <sighs> yeah. Are um, the headshots still satisfying on the second shot? Yeah, people still explode if you punch them. Yay! So <laughs> Nazis will explode. It's yeah, because you're so. If you don't know, it's uh, set in the eighties. You play the twin daughters of BJ, and he has gone missing in Paris. Ooh. So you're on the hunt for him. And yeah, so you play as the twins at the start. You choose the one you want to play as, mm-hmm. and you there's slight customization options. You can choose to either have the stealth. You can change these at any point in the game. So it's not you're not locked in from the start you can go from a more stealthy approach and have a cloak or you can have a slam move if you're more like me and just go balls in and <laughs> not balls deep well go balls deep why not um, also going balls in with one of BJ's daughters <laughs> sounds like you're gonna get fucking killed yeah, mate won't do that um, well I've lost my train of thought there um, so yeah you play as one and either the AI or a friend will play as the others and you can play with a friend or you can just do online matchmaking and search for a game which is nice a lot of the games like that don't have that option. I mm. know Borderlands does. So you can play co-op without having a friend who has a game. But every copy of the game does come with a buddy pass. Oh, that's cool. So basically you're paying £30 and two of you can play a full game, which is very good. But I suppose, it, presumably, I should mm-hmm. say, one of you opens the game and then invites the other in. Yes. Right. Yeah, and I assume I'm, the other person then has to it. download the game yeah, but assume. can't it's use it. It's not like share the... play. I think yeah, yeah. You, they get a code which may be only it's like a join only version yeah. i haven't yeah. used it yet but it's more wolfenstein you're killing nazis but yeah i w- if you're gonna play it play it co-op because your ai twin is not necessarily the best in the world <laughs> especially as there's big enemies who you really want to get behind oh okay. and flank and if one of you's doing that and the ai won't go around the other side for you then you c- it's very hard to get around the back of <laughs> yeah presumably that's what you want the stealth stuff for it's yeah like that lets you get so around. Yeah, if you're playing by yourself, maybe go for a stealthy approach. I know that's been doing Dale quite well. Mm. But uh, yeah, it's fun. It's Wolfenstein in the 80s. You can find these little cassette tapes, which you can pop in. They play like 
unlicensed 80s music. No, I, was gonna, I, I was about to ask, what is the soundtrack a bit kind of like Nicholas Wendim Refn sort of drive <laughs> I, I haven't really paid much attention to it, no. But uh, it's nice set 80s Paris, but it's Nazi occupied, which isn't very nice. So got to go kill all those Nazis. I like the idea that no matter what happens, mm. Nazis take over yep. in any timeline. The 80s is always going to turn <laughs> to <laughs> Gary Newman yeah. in its time of need. you got to kill them. Uh, yeah, it's a good game. From what I, I've only played an hour or two, but it's more Wolfenstein. Well, if you like Wolfenstein, yeah, if you like Wolfenstein, you'll like this. Do you know what else is a good game? PG Tips in the Endless Search. Inside, it's a UK IGN crew. Yeah, 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 and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Hold tight, the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Is it in the search? What? Right. <laughs> what? <laughs> Was that you doing the monkey from the PG Tips advert? It wasn't. It wasn't, but now you've... Maybe it was all subconscious. You will. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Were you put, leaving that in? Yeah. Me making monkey noises? You're leaving that monkey noise in, for, uh, for sure. I'm sorry. Oh, that's all memories. All memories. My nan used to have fridge magnets with all of those monkeys on. Really? Yeah. Nan loves the monkeys. She was well into them. I've seen those. Maybe I had them in my house or a friend's house sign. As in the Seen proper the monkey actual monkeys. You know, when back in the days monkeys. in the 90s, yeah. Mm. Not not monkey, yeah. but yeah. the actual monkeys. You wouldn't be able to do that now, would you? Animal rights would be all over it. I don't know, if you treated them well. Just know. stop slapping monkeys you about and then you're allowed to feed do what them you tea. You're not force-feeding them anything. Mm. I bet it was orange juice in those mm. cups. <laughs> they, love, they love orange juice. <laughs> That's what I know about chimps. Have you ever seen a chimp drink orange juice? I bet I have. I bet they love it. Okay. A bit of... Pulp in there. What what are the rules to PG Tips? <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. It's a thrilling game of PG Tips. It's where I provide you hints to films, but these hints have not been designed by me. I've taken them from IMDB's user-submitted parental guidance Normally guides. Normally full of absolute madheads. Yes, exactly. That's what I so want. Have... Religious. <laughs> <laughs> there are four films... Each four. with yeah. just a random number. No, no, it's not a random number. <laughs> it's four films, each with four clues, mm-hmm. and there is also a theme that links oh, all of these together. Okay, okay, okay. So that if you if you get to a tie, then if you can get the uh, the, the link, that's your tiebreaker. What's the point system? Yeah. Is it just a point for who just gets it. Just a point it? for who gets it. Yeah. Okay. Keep it mm. simple. I've learned that's a good idea. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Here we go. Film one. We see the feet of two very recently killed people covered in blood. The sight causes the protagonist to vomit. A man comes out of the room they were in, and he washes his hands of a lot of blood. Seven? No. Mm, Saw? No. Saw two? No. (laughs) Not a horror film. Mm. Oh, that's a big clue. That is a big clue. I don't know. The the protagonist uses a pair of knives to impale a man's hands to an armchair. We oh don't, shit We don't see the wounds But we see a very realistic reaction And the protagonist talks in detail About the pain he's feeling The born identity No The born supremacy No the, It's no born film is no. it? <laughs> Mission Impossible 3? Uh, no <sighs> It's that sort of thing isn't it? I feel like I know this But I'm thinking uh. of um, The Shaft remake <laughs> Where he uh, impales Christian Bale's hand No Is it Blade? It's not <laughs> 
Can we just talk about the fact that the Shaft remake has a character called Peoples Hernandez? Because <laughs> he always looks after his people. Have you watched uh, the Shaft remake? Yeah, it's amazing. The, the, oh, not the latest not one. Not the latest no. one, the one before, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many Shaft? the four Shaft films now? No, there's three. three. Oh, yeah, it's three because this one has original Shaft, second Shaft right. and new Shaft. yes, of course. It's fucking anyway. mental. I love that there's a Shaft CU. <laughs> Third clue. The protagonist reaches her hand into a stitched-up incision of a corpse. It's not graphic. What? It's not graphic. Is, is it? It's Lucy? not Men in Black, is it? No. Lucy. Yes. Lucy. He's got it. Fair play. I didn't like that. It's film. Luke Besson's Lucy. Oh, I yeah. said fair play. Didn't like that film. It's shit, isn't it? It started. Oh. By the way, I've said I said fair play on mad. Twitter the other day, and people started messaging me about it. Just leave me alone. Oh. <laughs> He's I, allowed to talk how he likes. It's my words. I've only okay. got there. I don't know where that came from. Yeah, that's amazing. Well done. Okay. <laughs> One to Cardi. Film two. Well, what was the? Is there a last? I want yeah, to hear yeah. What else happens in it? Mm-hmm. She can see and know everything. <laughs> the whole movie is very intense from beginning to end <laughs> because of chases, shootouts, and constant suspense as the protagonist builds how much cerebral capacity <laughs> has gained from the fictional drug <laughs> that her captors surgically implanted into her stomach and three of her captives. Probably would have got it from that. <laughs> I'm so glad that you read that out. <laughs> Who's ri- taking the time to write I that? Know, that's why I think. That's not even guidance. That's spoiling the whole film. That's a really good point. <laughs> it is from there is a spoiler section of the guidance. Oh, uh, okay. okay, okay, okay. Right. Film two. A man is told that his father was still alive but died in train. Died, <laughs> died in train? Is it throw mama from the train? <laughs> died in train. <laughs> Snowpiercer? Died. No. Polar Express? No. <laughs> Good God, what was <laughs> the Polar Express? Imagine that did. after that hot chocolate dance that Tom Hanks does at the end of it. He's like, and your dad's dead. See ya. <laughs> uh, I'd love that. Uh, train to Busan? No. Uh, Murder on the Orient Express? It might not be crucial. The no, train that's all no. my train. They all, they all build up from Mission here. Impossible? No. A man draws two guns and runs through a factory shooting several people. A knife-wielding man sticks his blade down the barrel of one of the guns and the man fires it into his chest, following it up with a stomping boot kick to drive it through the back where we see a lot of blood. Shoot him up? Shoot him up. Why do no. we both go to shoot him up? Because we both recently heard about shoot him up and the carrot scene with um, Paul, yeah, Clive Owen. Uh, because Mr. My Friend Pedro I talked to him. Uh, mm. yes. yeah. uh, right. That's a very... Graphic, dramatic it, retelling, but it's, it's, it's also an, yeah, exactly. It's, a, it's an image that I think I'd know if I've seen this. The raid? Film. No, no. There's no trains in the raid. Train might be off screen. Mm. I think you'll get it on this one. This this was definitely in the trailer, so if you, I'm fairly sure okay. you've all seen the film. But okay, a car catches up to a limo, flips over, and the driver shoots and kills a man oh. in the limo through the open sunroof. Is it I John do, Wick 3? No. I do remember seeing that. I don't that. know what this is. Die Hard 4? No. Whoa, what? Like, Flips over a limb. Yeah. I don't remember this. Is it one of the Fast and Furiouses? It's not, no. It's one... It's like... <laughs> <laughs> I can see this image in my head. So I think this film is pretty much bobbins, but this is a, this is a well-done you know, done scene. It's got lots of well-done scenes, even though I think it's shit. Tomb Raider? The no. spy who shagged me. <laughs> you don't think they got the budget for that, <laughs> did you? Know. Right, last clue. Two assassination scenes show a bullet emerging from the foreheads of the victims with blood with drops of wanted. blood flowing out. Yes. Uh, I, I quite a lot wanted. Never watched it. No. So I, I, I know it's not, their bullets. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's not great, 
but I for some I liked it when I was like fifteen. I think it's well, enjoyable yeah. candy floss. Yeah, I was talking about this the other day with regard to Three Hundred, which is a film that I really like. Three Hundred. Have you watched it recently? Yeah, really. Yeah, I still wow. think it's quite stylish. It's stylish. That's all it's really got. <laughs> it's yeah. fucking racist as well. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's coming that. from Rush Hour, oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Film three. I just think about Cersei's. <laughs> One bad character. A villain with superhuman strength kills a man by grabbing his head with both hands and crushing the man's skull. Mm. Spider-Verse? No. Oh, no, he hits him in that one, doesn't he? Sin City? No. Crushes his skull. I feel like I've seen this recently as well. You might have. Mm. Aquaman. No. Shall we move on? Yeah, move yeah, on. yeah, right. yeah, yeah. We see a man in bed with two female aliens at the same time, both of whom Star seem Trek? to be partially undressed. One is shown in underwear, and the other's under a blanket, implied to be naked. Star Trek? Beyond? Into Wait, Darkness. This yes. Fucking yeah! <laughs> idiot. <laughs> Couldn't think of the name of that one. <laughs> Was that the second one? Yes. Mm-hmm. They all blo- God! <laughs> oh, what yeah, a bad film. Yeah, yes, it's not not good. Enjoy that. I really like the first one. Yeah, I love the first one. Star Trek one is wicked. It's really good. And then I they love ruined it twice. I can remember <laughs> when Star Star Trek. We say Star Trek one. Star Trek one. Abrams first yeah, yeah. was like one of the first Blu-rays I ever owned, mm. and I can remember that is a fucking beautiful mm. film. It's really nice. The shine on those on <laughs> those, those dashboards. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh that's good. Right. Okay, so Joe, shiny. you could equalise. I plan to. Here we go. Now, this is... I've left my favourite till last. Okay. The person who did this is very into this movie. <laughs> right. And you can tell that every single bit of parental advice was written by the same person. Okay. Yep. Very regular and intense gun battles throughout film. Literally too much violence for everything <laughs> to be documented. <laughs> Weapons included fists, pistols, shotguns, oozes... Grenzes, <laughs> grenades, machine grenades. guns, <laughs> knives, and more. Blood sprays, countless bullet wounds, messy exit wounds are commonplace in the film. Gross. When you wait, do you say Uzis? Or, yeah. Oh, so, I thought, uh, but he's written oozes. Who, who, he's written oozes with a, apostrophe for possessive. Oh, I see. Oh, I, okay. See, I thought you meant oozes as in like. Ivan Ooze from from the Power Rangers. Uh, Guns, grenades, someone throws some ooze. The raid. No. Leon. No. Also, the thing about there being literally too much violence to document, the the BBFC do that. (laughs) That is their job. They do every bit of violence. Um, uh, I think you're in the right sort of yeah. Elements though. You've yeah. got you've got the genre of the film. Okay. Yeah. Right. The film's action sequences are mostly divided into four set pieces. The first is in a tea house at the beginning of the film with many bloody deaths, including cops and civilians. Lasts about five or six minutes. A tea house. Yeah. It's not old boy. No, but we're drifting yeah. in the right yeah. direction. <laughs> hmm. I can't the links I'm trying to work backwards <laughs> <laughs> mm. no carry on right 
house. The second set piece takes place in a warehouse where, in fact, two shootouts occur. <laughs> two, two in capitals. One after the other. The first being a raid between two warring triads and a second not five minutes later with a protagonist coming through the roof and shooting up the winning group with very few survivors. This whole sequence lasts about 15 minutes. It's not triads. Infernal Affairs, is it? No, but we are oh, getting very close. Is it The Departed? No. No. What is, I, oh, what is this? <laughs> <sighs> right. This is going to drive me mad. Yeah, last one. Last one. If you, do, you'll get it from this one, I think. The fourth sequence is by far the most violent, <laughs> taking place in a hospital where literally scores of people, patients, police officers, and thugs are mowed down and executed by a wide variety of guns. Babies and other patients are also in danger of being blown up by the villain who has his thugs set the whole place up with explosives. This sequence lasts about 35 to 40 minutes if you include what? one of the first victims not being chased through the facility while he's in a wheelchair. I think I, I know what part of the world where. this is from, but I just must not have seen yeah, it. Yeah, I don't recognise that at all. This <laughs> is influential John Woo movie Hard Boiled. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> I'm yet to see it. Same. I, I didn't know there was a 40-minute hospital With a baby out. involved in it. <laughs> He's carrying not... a baby through the hospital. That's ridiculous. You can equalise with the link. Although You I've... know the link. Is Would... it everyone was on stage at Hall H at Comic-Con? I'll give it you. It's not that they're on stage, but they are all part of uh, oh, okay. Phase 4. Nice. So, yeah. So, the obviously, Scarlett Johansson, Angelina Jolie, uh, Benedict Cabbage-Patch, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and uh, Tony Lung. Nice. Who's playing the Mandarin. That is good. I like that. I need to watch Hard Boiled it. now. Yeah, it sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> On to feedback. I've started us off with you, Matt, uh, yep. and you're going to do a crisp roundup. Crisp correspondence. I'd also like to point out that I think this is the most multinational feedback section we've ever had. People like crisps or chips, if you know as chips. Yeah, got crisp. Got, we've got chips and we've got dips. We've got <laughs> chips and we've got dips. <laughs> what? <laughs> it sounded like you'd had a glitch. <laughs> Little bit of fight the concords for you. <laughs> <laughs> right, here we go. <laughs> Chips, please. From Samuel Lewin Williams. I've been listening to you fellas. Well, Jesse was probably just a twinkle in his father's eye mm. since I moved to. I don't know how to pronounce this place because I, well, I, I haven't done Spanish really all that much. Is but it Esquia? Esquia, I would guess. So, yeah. Know. Spain in 2011. Spain, it's Spain. So, you what? can pronounce Spain. Did I not say Spain? Spain. No, <laughs> no, he's just being a dickhead. Spain. You that isn't know. us being uh, insensitive. <laughs> that is a pop star never stop stopping. Joke. Never stop, never stop. Never stop, never. Ah! Can't say that. He traded it in for Dale's <laughs> Cov a couple of years ago. I love that this guy's moved. I think from Wales, based on his name, Samuel Llewellyn Davis. Maybe. Uh, to Esquia, Spain, and then gone, you know what? Cov. <laughs> Midpoint. Uh, but you can confirm that ruffles are still a thing. <gasps> Pronounced ruthless by <laughs> the Spanish. They are a very popular brand. The jamon flavour ones are delicious, but my God, is there a lot of oil coming off that crisp? <laughs> Napkins, necessary. Napkins, Napkins coming off a... Like Moisture oil. on a crisp. Oil. But oily crisps. Oh. Like when you get a nice, like a proper crisp, mm. will have a lot of oil in it. Yeah. Kettle That's chips used to be very uh, oily. Yeah, because they're hand down cooked on those straight out the kettle, baby. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Hope to see you boys at Podcast 500. We hope to see you there too. Absolutely. Right. Next up, (laughs) from Matt Mason. Not a favourite, but does anyone remember the vanilla ice cream Monster Munch? I do. They were surprisingly accurate flavour-wise. I, I, I don't remember like Monster, Hunt, Monster Munch when they're normal flavours. <laughs> I don't want to really? like don't, don't like them. The, no, the I'm, I'm not a Monster Munch um, man. I only like the pickled onion ones. Um, but I do remember the vanilla ones, and I do... I definitely tried them but I can't for the life of me remember what they tasted like I remember like. them coming out I've had a lot of things in my mouth since vanilla ice cream flavour was released in 2004 and was received with a mostly negative reaction <laughs> oh, it, was, it was definitely weird not so I haven't had vanilla ice cream once much but I have had cream and caramel flavoured kettle chips what which I purely bought for uh Kirk McKean, who is a VG247, I quite like annoying him by eating ridiculous middle-class stuff. Um, this all started when he had a go at me for eating a brie and grape sandwich, so constantly I kept buying brie and grape sandwiches just to piss him off. Stick, stick with your cheese and try it. Know your place. Uh, right, next one. From David Bidmore. How do you not know the brand Roysters? Do better. It this was is an error on our part. Yeah, I we didn't know Roysters like, last week. And I, they are bloody brilliant. Though. I really like do better yeah. <laughs> that's like constructive feedback in the most efficient mm. packaging I can't, can't remember the last time I saw them though. I think they're the kind of crisps though that you only see in pound shops these days or, mm. or, or like, like corner shops or yeah, stuff but like that yeah but not even there like, for a while can't find them in a Sainsbury's pound shops is a good shout because for a while the only place I could find vanilla coke was in Poundland yep. mm. it was really same weird with, same with like scampy fries mm. Mm. there you go yeah do you, do, I feel like one, one caramel buttons you can find them there <laughs> oh Caramac buns. Yeah, I think I've had them once. My yeah, mm. I'm quite a fan of the Caramac. I love Ooh. a Caramac. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. <laughs> Feels naughty, like it shouldn't exist. Yeah, yeah. just like, <laughs> slightly too sugary, isn't yeah. it? So it makes you feel like you're on a high. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, from John S. God, these these don't sound good. <laughs> did he say that or did you? No, no this no. is me. That's my commentary. <laughs> Curry twiglets. Spaghetti sauce monster munch. I've heard about that. Pickled onion discos. Oh, pickled onion discos were amazing. All delicious. Yeah. All lost to the relentless passage of time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pickled Rest onion, in peace. Pickled onion discos. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I saw a disco full stop. Um, Salt and vinegar ones were good. They had a good yeah. texture, didn't they? They a just disco. had loads of flavour as well. Yeah, good. Like old school golden wonders. Crisp oh, too. Oh, they're great. Yeah. I love those. Mm. Uh yeah, I would eat Monster Munch if it was spaghetti flavour. <laughs> well, spaghetti sauce, are we talking like, yeah, it's, it's like, like bolognese. Yeah, not bowl. like ketchup. No. No, no. If you're calling ketchup spaghetti sauce, you're a fucking Well, my, Ill. I knew Have you some got people, a story about this? Some people, yeah. Uh, like, my primary school wasn't great, and there was, I distinctly remember one day they didn't have any tomato sauce, so they just literally you'd stir ketchup oh, at into least the that, At least that is your... Sh- whatever shitty school you went to what? So, <laughs> wow you having a go at my education <laughs> yeah the education yeah. might have been lovely go, the canteen go have your, go have your brie and I grape I was going to say <laughs> great boy comes at you hard like ketchup well, wow is, is someone who I've done alright <laughs> I'm not saying I've made that. it out I just got someone I know who will remain nameless. Literally two years ago, I watched them empty mince into a uh, into a saucepan, and then just cover it with ketchup. Oh, that, is that is disgraceful. Gross. Absolute gross. I went to uni with a guy who ate mayonnaise sandwiches, and uh, he's a racist now. So, yeah. Oh, there was a kid at my primary school who would have cream... Uh, Salad cream sandwiches and dip it in Ribena. 
fuck me. He, he is you know what? Probably you did dead. Go, you did go to a shitty school. Yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah, my primary school wasn't great. Anyway, to finish, it was close. It was close. <laughs> to finish John's email. Also, remember that mad period where there was a chance that you could win a folded up fiver in a packet of Walkers. That, Madness. Yes. That is incredible. I can't Those believe that days. existed. And no, I don't oh, remember that. The days of Tazos as well. Long mm. gone. Are we going to do a crisp testing? Thing as part Someone of told podcast. us to do that as an endless search, um, but Dale hates listening to people eating podcasts. Oh, he's podcasts. had a go at he me won't. before for eating crisps while we've been on mics. Yeah. Should we find the weirdest crisps we can and bring well, them to Podcast 500? I, I would love to do that. I also I particularly like the uh, roofless section. Yeah. Mm. I want to hear mad foreign crisps. Yeah. Because I'm bored of the crisp section because I don't eat no. crisps that much. <laughs> I, want a, I want an update. I but want to learn something. We about could crisps. do that thing that uh, is just a heinous crime at like kids' parties when they just put crisps in random bowls oh, and don't tell oh, you what flavour oh, it is. No, and you dip your hand. It's like I didn't want cheese onion. F off. Or they even just mix, mix them, them up. Yeah, mix them up. Fuck off, mum. Um, right. <laughs> They're not revels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I've got one. Uh, I've got. I, I've, I've made an error, and I'm about to uh, admit. Uh, here we go. <laughs> I shit myself <laughs> <laughs> every time. No. Um, <laughs> After listening to last week's podcast, during the endless starch, Simon pronounced Michigan as Michigan. I was, I had to write in. This is from Kathy, by the way. I listened to this on the plane, and yeah. I was furious. It's with just you. one of those where um, you know you just said it like that your whole life until someone tells you it isn't. Yeah, like you. Oh, what was your like? I knew someone that pronounced uh, falafel. No. Yeah, falafel, falafel. Yeah, until someone I like told him it that. wasn't falafel. It sounds yeah. nice. I've uh, I've recently, I've, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but my best friend uh, didn't know for years until I told him at uni that miniseries wasn't pronounced miniseries, <laughs> 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 which I think is incredible. Have you got one, Matt? Um, we'll I move on. Couldn't, no. couldn't, couldn't pronounce <laughs> apparel for ages. He's got. Apparel. Yes. That sounds mm. quite Just because I'd only ever read it in video games. Yeah, yeah. it's like everyone calls Hermione Hermione. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One that always gets me, is there a correct way? Is it inventory or inventory? Or I think it's inventory. I go inventory. inventory. I'm always yeah. inventory. Yeah. Mm. There's a few of those. Anyway, Kathy uh, continues, I'm a Michigan native, and since we have a plethora of weirdly pronounced names, examples include, and I'm going to try them all. Here we go. And if I get four out of five, I'll be happy. <laughs> Takemenon. Cheboygan. Charlevoix. Oh, well, you've already got one wrong. It's Sheboygan. Is it Sheboygan? I've heard of Sheboygan. It's just, just a lot of soft she, uh, C's <laughs> in Michigan. Well, C-H, yeah. Yeah. Sheboygan. Charlevoix. Michilimackinac. That sounds good. <laughs> Michilimackinac. Yep. I'd choose that one if I had to live on it. And Escanaba. We'll go for Escanaba, not Escanaba. I yeah. like Escanaba. That sounds more Star Warsy. Um, It's pretty normal to hear people mispronounce things. But Simon's pronunciation was new, and I cracked up. I provide entertainment, that's, that's what I do. Take that. Yep. <laughs> uh, as a brief tangent, I'm surprised you guys know Michigan exists. <laughs> oh, yeah. I used to work with someone who used to live in, well, who is from Michigan. Well, I think you're I about to answer a question. I have a, a deep knowledge of American sport, which helpful for geography. And I've been on Sporkle. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, people in America forget about the Great Lakes State slash the mitten. Yes, because it's shaped like a mitt. Yeah. There we go. The lower peninsula looks like a mitten. So they just call it mitten. <laughs> the mitten state. That just sounds like they've mispronounced that. I have own heard place. it called the Great Lakes State, which is yeah. which is cooler, I think. Yeah. Um, if you don't count. But now I have Canada. to ask, what do you guys know about the state of Michigan? I know Detroit's in it. <clears throat> yes, that's literally all I know. I know yeah, I know Beverly Hills Cop. There's one Michigan was started football there. team. There's Michigan State. 
which I always used to call Michigan. Yeah. But I now call Michigan. Uh, the Wolverines, I believe. Nice. There we go. Um, what do you know about Michigan? Go on, give mate. us a fact. I don't know. She, she was just from there and she moved to Wolverhampton. That's so, you know. <laughs> As you do. Um, also, to throw my hat in the great chips slash crisps debate. Mm-hmm. I just got back from studying in Spain and already missed the recita. <laughs> why, why have I got so many words like this? Re- recita campus- campesina flavor from Lay's. Wow. I don't know what that translates as. I want to look it out. I'm going to look it up. Uh, there, I probably pronounced it wrong. So there is. This is written, another opportunity. R E C E T A and then campesina, I could do. Is it recita or recita? Oh, campesina. Let us know, Joe. Um, says, anyway, sorry for the long email. Love you guys and the podcast and all that good stuff. Thank you very much, Kathy. I'll never make the same mistake again. Lay's, I'm going to say, Receta Campesina, mm. uh, is a tomato-flavoured crisp that will make you feel the taste of a Mediterranean farm. Ooh, <laughs> I'm into it. It sounds like tomato and mud. And sounds I like rustic. I like yes. that. What um, you got, Joe? That's more foreign crisps, although from Spain as well. Yeah. Spain's got Via Michigan. Don't write in about paprika crisps. We know that's all oh, Europe. Paprika Come on. Great. Walker's Matt's paprika. I had, I had a bag for lunch. Did you? I did. Good on you, mate. <laughs> this is from Joshua Edwards. He says, hello, IGN UK podcast crew. This is quite long. I can't remember if I've read it all. Just want to say thanks for the many out. Oh, no, he's saying nice things. La, la, la. Good, good, good. With Marvel <laughs> Ultimate Alliance 3 just hitting shelves... Are you guys... He's written selves and I was controlling my own pronunciation. Are you guys over the same two types of superhero games? The third person action open world slash Metroidvania game or the isometric beat-em-ups? Yes, some of these games are some of the most highly regarded games of all time, but surely there are some different genres of games that suit superheroes perfectly. One example is an XCOM X-Men game. It fits perfectly. Gather a small team, build the X-Mansion, recruit more mutants, send them on missions, create different teams, i.e. gold team, blue team, X-Force, etc. Mm. That does actually sound yeah, fucking Yeah, I would wicked. be into just Marvel and Alliance if it was a turn-based game rather than a brawler. Yeah. Like a ta- that appeals like, to me more mm, as a game. I've like, never been into like the Dynasty Warriors type thing. TRPG approach would yeah. be good for those things. I would be into it. What's BRPD? BRPD, yeah. the Bureau of... It's, it's the Hellboy thing, right? Ah, there we go. Yeah. Another is a Monster Hunter-style BRPD game. Monster hunting, trolls, vampires, witches and werewolves with swords, shields, spears, hand cannons, crosses, silver bullets, etc. Mm. What do you gentlemen think? Are there too many of the same boring two kinds of superhero games out there? And what different superhero game genres would you like to see? I don't know about that, but I would happily play another Batman game. So <laughs> <laughs> Same old, same I mean, old. I think like, there aren't actually that many superhero games at least that come out in the triple A space which I guess is what we're technically talking about Um, the one that I've always wanted is kind of like a weird it would be a hybrid between like Batman and uh, Ace Attorney because I want the Daredevil game where you actually get to be you want judgment but Daredevil yeah yeah effectively that would be cool I've always wanted I don't know if it would ever work but an Overwatch style Marvel game yeah. would be amazing. So just as a, like a multiplayer. A hero sort of, yeah, basically, mm-hmm. where yeah, you just have all the abilities of Marvel characters. I would like a... There were, actually, on the TRPG thing, there was a mm. really good Capcom crossover game called Project Cross Zone, which just took all these characters and put them in weird duos and made them your like units on the battlefield. I would I would like that. Um I would also like an X Men football game because <laughs> I think it would be really fun. <laughs> be like Blood Bowl but Yeah, exactly. With, yeah. I want some mad like 
mutant superhero sports game. Mm-hmm. I just think that'd be good. Marvel Kart. Not enough of those kind of things, <laughs> in my opinion. I'd play a Marvel Kart game. Uh, I've also got uh, this from Martin just briefly. Uh, he says some Is nice things about us. Is full of bees? I wish it was. <laughs> cello full of bees. Uh, Martin says... Well, he asks us what our biggest involuntary gaming marathon is. Do you know? Oh, so almost certainly um, Mass Effect 3. Mm. So there's a backstory. Mm-hmm. Uh, a while ago, just as Mass Effect 3 was about to come out, the place where I used to work burnt to the ground. <laughs> I didn't have a job anymore. Mass Effect 3 came through the post three days later, and I played the entire game with only stopping for one sleep, I think. That's absolutely wow. disgraceful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You should be in prison. I've anything like that. I've never uh, done that. I've done. I like, used to play like stay over at my mate's house when I was like fourteen, fifteen. We'd try and do whole games in one. I distinctly remember finishing Stuntman Ignition in one night. Ooh, That's good. It's yeah. probably about four hours. <laughs> yeah, me and my brother did that for like rentals. We'd rent yeah. a game and then freak out that we hadn't done it quickly enough. Yeah, uh, I do remember having a birthday party once. One of my friends disappearing. We all went to bed. And we woke up, and he was still playing Command and Conquer Tiberian Sun, <laughs> which was weird. Probably uh, just Football Manager. I've probably had it just. That's I've, it. I probably played it for like fourteen hours a day once, yeah, just while watching TV or something. It's yeah. just been open, yeah. yeah. Um, but the reason he asks is because he and his friend are—I uh, thought there was a name on here, there isn't—are uh, doing a twenty-four hour Overwatch marathon in aid Ooh. of the WWF. Hmm. As in, you know, World Wildlife Fund, yeah. the proper one. On the 17th of August at 11am, people can watch and donate at nomercy24.co.uk, which sounds like an actual WWF event. You, no, no mercies are allowed in the team. Oh, shit. There's <laughs> loads of good versions of that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, just so you know, you should do that. Yeah. Support the charity. It's already doing very well. I had a look. I'm going to donate myself. Overwatch is good. Uh, um, that's that. You know what else you should donate to? Us. <laughs> for our 500th podcast episode. Yeah, get yourself a ticket. Um, tickets are on sale. We are recording just a day after they went on sale. And you know what? Half are bloody gone already. Ooh. Which just shows you that people care. And you yeah. should care as much as them. Uh, hmm. what, there, what may, there may or may not be crisps. It's Friday, 16th August. Um, the easiest way is probably go on the IGN UK Twitter account or any of our Twitters. Mm-hmm. We'll have tweeted about it in the last day or two. I reckon if you search IGN... Or if you're in the Facebook group. I'm going to have a look. Yeah, if you search IGN UK Podcast 500 Eventbrite, that'll probably get it. If you just write IGN UK 500, it'll yep. search. That's Amazing. your AOL keywords. Uh, <laughs> come on down. Central London. What is it? £7 something for a ticket. £7.89. A nice round number. Uh, and so. you get 789 it's nice yeah. and you get, get a free, a free badge. Pin badge the badge is lovely uh, an over two hour show live music yeah magic special guests yeah, magic got, is, the, is the magic still happening Ooh, as far as boy. I know it the is. magic is us the yeah. magic's all I want um, <laughs> and we'll be there and the venue will be open till 1am if you want to hang out afterwards and have can a we drink stay there us. till 1 yep that's awesome some of our American colleagues will be there so you can yeah. say hello to them as well <gasps> that'd be nice won't it what a stunner. Yeah. It is going to be a stunner. Yeah. I hope so. I hope it's not a massive letdown. I mean, it would be really bad if, we, yeah. if it was. Yeah. Email us if you thought it was a letdown. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. All on. right. That's probably it, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Sweet dreams. Bye bye. Bye. See ya.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.